chance with the family preserve. For the price of a flag and a rice The wind buffs the cabin You speak of your life Overwillingly loads the nervous Welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with Morris Sachs. How you doing, MB? I'm doing great. Hey, that was from last night's show. That's last night. Dude, I, I woke up around 5.15 this morning and I I watched the first um I watched the first set from last night and uh dear lord, they <laughs> tore the place apart. Unbelievable. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, they st- they opened with Axela two. I know. Now, what I find interesting is for the first ten years of my fish career, I don't think they played that once. And now they dusted it off. And now that's all they come up with. And heavy rotation. I know. I know. It's just so so much better. It's like, hey man, don't shine that thing in my face. <laughs> Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Good Sunday morning to all the new found fish disciples that that we have created. Um, thank you for joining us. Because how? I mean, the first time we got the few emails, I thought it was people fooling around, but now people are like, lo- I-, "I love the fish." <laughs> it's amazing. In fact, one gentleman, I believe his name was Tom, said uh, kudos that he it has made him a better investor incredible dude that was one of the right. best ones of uh, that he yeah. that it made him a better investor yeah yeah like we've heard it all now you know we've gotten some great feedback number one um the uh improved audio yes has been a big hit with the listeners yeah. um surprisingly uh i think it was last week's segment when we did the uh the recipes on the uh, buffalo cauliflower tremendous hit and you've even teased the duck fried uh chickpeas yeah duck fat fried chickpeas um why don't why don't we do that in the second half of the show that way we got to make sure people listen yes yes after words from our sponsors yeah unbelievable (laughs) um i I went you know i've been out of town Mm -hmm. um why i've come back i no longer know because welcome (laughs) back to the shit coast here 
of weather, but uh, we proceed. Mm -hmm. um, I've had really quite a interesting reentry. Friday night, we went to some friend's house and uh, Cheryl met the lady through one of these uh, kind of religious exchange groups. They're Muslim, we're Jewish, yep. wonderful people. This woman can cook rings around David Balud and, wow. and right. um, her husband is an economist at a investment bank. So, you know, it, it's really interesting to spend the evening with them. And they had some other people there. Awesome. Um, one woman, uh, a former foreign exchange trader. So we swapped some war stories. That's fine. And there was yet another woman who, uh, I think she's from your religion, not mine. Um, you know, I don't really differentiate that much, but she uh, came up through the ranks at another bank and uh, is now a high net worth uh, advisor. And she was complaining about her job because her biggest account passed away and she was uh, tasked with writing the obituary. Oof. Yeah. So, I mean, how does that start out? Joe Smith joined me when he only had a mere $22 million. Yeah, and a conflict of interest there. Who's writing the story? Unbelievable. Can I just say one thing? Anthony Peters, Anthony Peters wrote that that uh, the best obit for the guy. A friend of his that passed recently passed away, and, and Anthony wrote the I had the pleasure of knowing him, and he wrote paragraph after paragraph but there was a couple tidbits in there that I laughed out loud at that, that just, they're so quintessential old school British, something about him being like, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong, but I'll find it. But he was like a reasonably smart man and he would let you know about it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Word. Nah. Anthony, Anthony is a master writer. All right. So like he wrote that and I, you know, it was a legendary career, RAF, so on and so forth. And bright guy, you know, but he was, it was just funny. It was just like that perfect dry Brit wit in the in the obit that was just awesome. But what I liked, uh, and like you, I won't get it entirely right, but he said he wasn't here to deliver the eulogy for one person. It was for five people, mm -hmm. meaning this one person had several yeah. different sides. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Anthony can write. He also has the ability to... Um, uh, take bits of conversations he and I've had and morph them into things of his own, but we'll we'll get to that later. You know, they say um, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, and, and there's no question he writes better than I can speak. But uh, uh, but we we proceed. Let me ask you a question: um, Did they ask about the show? Did <laughs> did Inside Baseball come up at this party? They listen. Not only not only that, much to my surprise, when I went to see Jerry the Rolfer in Greenwich, mm -hmm. which I have haven't seen him in five months, yep. you know, it's like I can't go a month without getting straightened out. It's just yeah. I, I I'll be honest with you, it's intense mm -hmm. and it's a little bit like the guy hits himself in the head with a hammer. Because mm -hmm. it feels so good when they stop, but yeah, of course, yeah. But not only 
is he a listener? Apparently, his wife, and I won't mention her name because I, I don't want to invade the privacy, but apparently she's now taken an interest in our little two-year-note discussions. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I guess it. We've been jamming it down everyone's throat for two years. You can't, nobody can wake up and look at a board without wondering what the two years doing. Thanks to you now. <laughs> yeah. Or not. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like it's, uh, it's paid for a lot of private jet travel. <laughs> can I tell you? So, um, can I tell you about my past week or so and oh, my re entry? I didn't even want to do the show this, this week because the, the market just bored me to tears. I'm so sick of talking about rate hikes and and nothing's going on. Tread water in the treasuries and, and we'll talk to you in fucking May after they do the last hike. OK, yeah. let, let me hear about your week because, you know, nothing makes me happier than a chronological <laughs> recap of your week, starting with Monday. OK, so let's go. Yeah, well, one of these things is I I've kind of lost track of sequence, but. Um, you know, Cheryl and I uh, do a uniquely poor job of scheduling transitions. So we came back from Scottsdale, I guess it was a week ago, Thursday, mm -hmm. and we got all this shit jammed in, like right when we get back. So, you know, I was told you I was planning on buying a new car and, and I, you know, I'm not back 36 hours and I bought a. I bought a new car and I got that to deal with. And then the income tax has got to get done. And then I, I got to move some accounts around. That's taken some time. And, you know, and then I re-entered into the world of the East Coast, which, you know, is not like Arizona. You know, what people are assholes here. Totally. And, and and you know it, I missed it. There's yeah. an element of me that that, of that missed it, right? It's like there's not enough stress out there. So uh, I meet up with Big Ed, and we go for a casual ride. Of course, when you look at my Strava result, it said massive, <laughs> <laughs> and and his didn't even show up as a blip. Recovery. I, yeah, I didn't. I don't even know if it was a recovery ride for him. It might have been. It might have been uh, uh, slighter than that. But um, you know, there have been things going on, and uh, I understand people don't tell the truth all the time. And I would wager, in my sixty-two plus years, there's been occasions where I may have not been entirely forthcoming. But um, I don't have that much of a problem with people lying to me. What bothers me is I guess they think I'm too dumb to know they're lying to me. And that I do not forgive. The, insult, the insulting your intelligence is what you, you know, that's where you draw the line. Yeah. So um, I go to I have I had a Taycan which is that electric car. Mm -hmm. And um, there were two things. I'll let you decide which is more important. One was, uh, it's a legitimate sports car, which means getting in and out of the thing yeah, for me is, is not, not great. But having your wife try and get in and out of the thing in a, in a skirt or a yeah. dress or something, 
So, you know, I knew that we weren't long for this thing. But um, more importantly, I just, I was having trouble sleeping with the ethical dilemma of driving a car that is so bad for the environment being completely electric. Uh, I've decided that I've gone to the old school ICE, known as the internal combustion engine, right? So um, anyway, at this point, I don't really haggle much with this stuff because I know, you know, I'll I'll just get frustrated. Mm -hmm. And so I get them to move a little bit just so I don't feel like a schmo. But but, uh, so there were two examples here where uh, I, I, I found kind of, initially irritating but then i turned them into self-amusement and of course product for the show so when i bought the the tycan mm-hmm. it that was a obviously a covid uh i'll call it an impulse purchase now that's some impulse purchase for yeah. most people but you know i've had a nice life raping and pillaging widows drunks and orphans and you know can't take it with you but i remember I was supposed to pick it up and the day before the salesman calls and says, unfortunately we were preparing your car for pickup and we discovered the backup battery wasn't up to factory specs. And so it's going to be a week to get the battery from Germany. Like, Oh, that sucks. Okay. Well, what are you going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I go pick up the car a week later, and uh, I mentioned something about the battery, and the salesman's got kind of a funny look on his face. And I said, you know, just I like to keep complete records. So would you mind giving me a copy of the work order replacing the battery? And he says, oh, I've already done that. It's in your your package. You know, because they give you that stack of shit that you're supposed to take. Okay, so I I get I get home and the first thing I look for, there's no, there's okay. So I uh, anyway, I got other things to do. I want to drive the car. So anyway, I buy this uh, a Cayenne. It's like Mm -hmm. a SUV thing, and so I'm supposed to pick it up. Let's say Thursday. And Tuesday, he calls me and says, you know, we were running the, the analytics or the diagnostics, and we discovered the battery isn't up to delivery specs. Come on. And we're going So I said to him, I said, you know, funny you should mention that, because when I bought the Taycan, you told me the exact same thing. And when I asked for a copy of the work order, you weren't able to produce one. And he says, well, that seems really odd. He said, well, let's keep our fingers crossed and we'll be able to deliver the car to you on time. And and oddly enough, they delivered it on time. Imagine so now I, now I discovered that for whatever reason, they wanted to swap someone into my delivery slot and they come up with some bullshit thing. Yeah. Okay, so this... <laughs> That's part A. Part B, this is great. This is great. So this is a 
this car is a fucking beast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the electric went from zero to 60 in 3.1. Yeah. This is gasoline, no zero to 60, 3.1. Okay. Yeah. So it's the same, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm just, salesmen just irritate yeah. me. And and so I said to the guy, My. and I know already, I already know the answer to this thing. I, I'm saying, you know, so this car's got uh, 22 inch wheels on it, right? And he said, yeah, it's, they're the best. And uh, I said, uh, how's this car going to be in the snow? And he says, uh, yeah, you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And and I see those are special tires, right? He yeah. says, yeah. He said, uh, they're P0s, mm -hmm. which I know, of course, are effectively racing tires. Right, yeah, baloney skins in winter. <laughs> I said, how are these going to do? He goes, you're not going to have a single problem, trust me. Yeah, okay. Thanks, thanks, sales guy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know the point of that other than, you know, that line from the X-Files, trust no one, <laughs> um, which leads me, I guess, oddly enough, into our, um, what did you call the title last week? The resur Resurrection of the Lead Metal? Yeah, yeah. how'd that work and, out? Well, is I think we used the phrase, eats like a bird, shits like an elephant, <laughs> which I may have stolen from Leslie Harris, I'm not sure. But in any event, um, one of our friends, and I've been advised by legal, mm -hmm. <clears throat> They would like us to refrain as much as possible from using names of firms mm -hmm. and names of people. Mm -hmm. If it slips, it slips. But, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and I, I understand that. Uh, um, but uh, gold. someone we like wrote a piece on gold and they were using all of these charts about foreign central bank purchases. And a lot of it was accumulated by the Gold Council. And so I contacted the author of this piece and I said, how many central bankers have you spoken to in your career? And I figured it was either gonna be zero or one because yeah. not a lot of people. Okay, well, I've had the good fortune to speak to six of them in my career. Now, keep in mind, my career has spanned a lot of time. And the bulk of these central bankers were foreign central bankers. Okay, But starting with uh, the first central banker I met, probably 1985 at the Fed, I asked him a question, out and out lie. Stone cold lie to your face. Call. And and walking back to the office, I said to the senior member that I was with, that doesn't sound right. And he goes, it wasn't. He goes, it's a matter of fact. And he lied about a fact. I'm like, wow. He goes, basically, welcome to New York, kid. Right? 
Okay. Oh, why? Can, can you can you tell me why? Was there a reason behind the lie? Do you understand why he lied to you about what? You don't have to tell me the details, but was it like a like he can't know that? And if I answer honestly, this happens. I think it was more a. Uh, um, he wanted the conversation to go in a different direction, but I'll give you another even couple of better examples. And one, because I know that phrase you came up with, trust but verify. Um, so for instance, um, I was around when they were creating this thing called the euro, the currency called the euro. And many countries uh, wanted to uh, be part of the euro. Uh, some countries, for instance, the United Kingdom, uh, decided not not to be part of it. Do they still trade the British pound? That what? still exists, right? The British pound, Never sterling. Heard Never heard of it. Yeah. Shillings? Okay. Well, shillings? they use shillings. <laughs> yeah, sixpence. Pence? Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, um, so I met with an Italian central banker, hmm. and they were on the cusp of being allowed entry into. I recall, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So I'm at lunch at a great Italian restaurant, and they were talking about how they needed to have certain debt-to-GDP ratios. And, you know, he swore up and down that they were there and the statistics were lagging. And, and I'm like, you know, it was kind of weird because what – what's the difference what he says to me like i i i'm not not anybody important but nonetheless you know i go back and i look it up and uh, he lied okay so the one if you don't believe me i would encourage you to look up because you may recall uh i trafficked in greek bills and bonds at some some point and uh we were in Greece, and they pretended to have certain, you know, arrangements that they were going to hit their, you know, debt to GDP ratios, and uh, somehow they did. Years later, and you can look this up on your own, trust but verify. Apparently, there was a bank a global bank that arranged some form of swaps that allowed them to finance debt off balance sheet for a fee, mind you. I mean, you know, it's like that thing about the guy says, uh, would you sleep with me for a thousand dollars? And the woman says, yes. And she, he says, how about 500? And he said, right. You know, the joke. So anyway, um, yeah. So that, you know, that's another example of these guys lying. And then, of course, when Robbie and I went to Russia, <laughs> I mean, I everything, the whole fucking shooting match. I mean, you know, it's just yeah. so. So the fact that China says they did something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they put rat poison in baby food. Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> You think you now? I don't know why they would necessarily fib about the gold, but why not? You know, well, why, why not? 
no, yeah. no incentive to be honest or transparent yeah. about any yeah. transactions yeah. ever. Yeah. And Russia, they're all criminals. Yeah. I mean, so, so to believe this data, and, yeah. you know, look, I'm not telling you the price of gold's going up or the price of gold's going down, but I've stared at this fucking thing for two years. And I will stake my reputation, whatever that is, that somebody's been selling it the whole way up. And, you know, it doesn't go down $45 on a Friday. Dude, it looked fake. With, it looks fake. I couldn't believe it. I was, I was like, what What meme stock? What shit crypto is this? Oh, it's, oh, it's gold. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, uh, I'm not predicting where the price is going, but don't present me with any facts because yeah. yeah. you know i i i don't live in live in that world yeah. anymore um i had mentioned i had spoken to anthony mm -hmm. about uh kind of a boots on the ground situation and we talk about the fed tightening uh should slow inflation and um you can look at any number of charts and even the uh, economist i spoke to last night who's a rather bright fellow talked about uh asking rates of rents are declining uh but nobody brings up new york and so i had lunch dinner with one of my real estate partners uh earlier in the week at the uh union square cafe the delightful spot and um, uh, they're debating how much they can raise the rents without being yeah a, without being just a total asshole. Yeah. And they've sort of settled on if you got a COVID deal, you know, nine or ten percent. Yeah. If you if you're sort of a long run guy, five or six percent. Wow. Now that is counter to um, what you may be seeing across the country, but I, I'd like to explain something because, uh, as you said, it's your show, and I found this kind of unique. and And uh, I don't know. I think people would rather hear us talk about this than the segue from Blazon into Plasma Black back into Blazon, which, by the way, I thought was magnificent. And they did play a uh, Jimi Hendrix cover last night. I didn't see that. Crushed it. How many times um, have I done the show with Blazon? Great minds think alike. <laughs> so um, in New York, all anyone's talking about is the commercial real estate mm -hmm. disaster. Okay. Mm -hmm. So during the COVID people couldn't get out of New York fast enough, right? And for me, I have three or four uh, rental properties. And I don't mean like a two-family house. I mean, you know, they got like 100, 100 units in them, that sort of thing, right? And so all of a sudden, you know, people are not paying their rent, people are skipping town, no one was renting stuff that was vacant. And, you know, we we took like a beating. 
mm-hmm. and uh, we didn't kick anybody out of the apartment. And we, okay, so then people realized it's New York, and they start coming back. And then the next thing you know, you can't get a fucking apartment. In fact, youngest daughter, who uh, I'd like to proudly announce was accepted to graduate school, wow. uh, yeah. which we are all very, very proud of. So I, I guess I got one back on the payroll, but it's okay. <laughs> it's, a fair uh, it's a fair deal, dude. <laughs> it's a fair deal. Yeah, I'll take her deduction on my tax yeah, return. She hasn't embarrassed you, dude. She hasn't embarrassed her father. Do, let her do what Not- she does. None of them have. Bingo. Including the one that goes to Burning Man. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, she's totally respectful, wonderful daughters. Like They can do whatever they Thank want. You. Thank you. Yeah, well, let's see what you say in 20 years. That's fine. I don't have to say anything. For now, your daughters are good in my book. <laughs> do it, do it. My, my book, too. Yeah, the show. Um, so anyway. What's, what's she uh, trying to do? She's trying to get a place in New York, and it's impossible, right? Well, she... Several months ago, we sold one apartment. Yeah. It was in a building that Ed and I developed. Okay. And she, she wanted to move further west. Mm-hmm. And she found a building, but it was not finished in construction. So there was like a nine-month gap. So we went out and she found a place she wanted to rent. And, and actually got into a bidding war for fucking rental. Incredible. Dude. Okay. And it, 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 a number that if I told you, you nope. would never look at me the same no. way. Right. No. So let's just put that aside. Yep. Okay. So um, anyway, I've got these properties and I'm noticing as the stuff gets re-rented, the price <clears throat> per square foot goes up. So I don't know how you do it in the rest of the country, but in my little cabal, we talk about price per square foot. So, for instance, uh, if um, I say we get 85 bucks a square foot, if you have a studio apartment, call that 500 square feet times 85 bucks, 500 square feet times 85 bucks is $42,500 a year. Did I do that right? 85500 yeah, forty-two thousand five hundred square foot. Yeah, okay. four grand a year. <laughs> yeah, four four thirty-eight hundred whatever it is for a, for a five hundred square footer. <laughs> yeah, that's thirty-five hundred bucks yeah. per month. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. But we we talk about in square feet on an annual term. Uh, but you know, is a monthly guy that thirty-five hundred bucks for a studio. Okay, and by the way, I I think it's higher than that. Okay. I do too. So so um. The reason I want to bring this up is the hiking of rates along with the tightening of lending standards and the difficulty of New York City government at these current rental rates, there's going to be no new rental development. It doesn't, it doesn't pan out yeah so so the way working you know from the beginning is a developer you find a piece of land and then you figure out 
it, whether you're going to do a land lease for 99 years or whether you're going to buy it. Yep. And then you get an estimate of what it costs to build. You hire a broker and they tell you what's the market looking for. They're looking for one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom studio. Okay. And then uh, you got to do an 80 20, meaning 20% of it is affordable housing, which is below market, 80%. Okay. You do all these calculations and you put in a pro forma amount per square foot. And then you kind of back into your the, the loan ratios, how much can you borrow and, it, and at what rate. And uh, you do all those things and then you, you see what kind of profit there is. And, you know, if it's a 2% IRR, nobody's doing that deal because there's a lot of risk in building yeah, a building, yeah. right? Yeah. So they generally are looking for an 18 or 20 IRR. And do you hit that? Sometimes. Do you That's miss it? Yeah. Most of the time. Yep. And most of the time when you miss it, you you, you miss it the wrong way, mm-hmm. you know, because you're building a building in Manhattan is not like leveling a, a cornfield mm-hmm. doing doing a perk test right i mean you're basically taking an old uh parking lot yep. either of a, a, a strip lot where it's just the tarmac mm-hmm. or it's a multi-level thing and you're knocking it down yep. and it happens to be between two buildings and as, you knock, as you knock the building down the yeah. buildings on the other side start to lean yeah, you know so it's okay so long story short with the fed making it harder to borrow money guys aren't going to be developing new rental properties in new york the other thing i want to mention is you know when you buy a house or when one buys a house uh you get a loan you put down a down payment and you know it, at the height of the bubble, people were getting liar loans. They were non-income verification loans. So you could get very high leverage. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what you have to put down, but I'm sure it's at least 20%. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a little bit more. But when you take a mortgage out, the mortgage is secured by that property. So there's this thing you may have heard of called jingle mail, where people got to the point where the house was upside down, meaning it was worth way less than the loan. And they didn't feel like making the monthly payments. So they just sent the keys back to the bank. So um, the thing about taking out a, a, a loan to build a building, the banks are smart about these things because they don't want you to get halfway through the project and go, oops, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uncle. You can keep my deposit. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how that works. You're on the hook. Like you sign personally for a couple of reasons. One is you guarantee no matter how much it costs, you're going to finish that building. That's called the completion guarantee. Yep. Okay. Unlimited liability. 
There's no way a bank. Yeah. Okay. Liability. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, if at the end you can't refinance it, you know, you built a building, you can't get a permanent loan. Again, you got to come up with the money to pay the loan back. They don't care. It's you've signed away your bankruptcy rights in these situations. So, um, you know, it's, it's very reasonable because these things are complicated and the banks want to lend you money, but they want to make sure they don't become part of the business of building rental properties. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and they hire a consultant at your expense as a developer to monitor the progress on a weekly basis. And if you're not doing you know what you're supposed to be doing they stick up their hand and they say oh those checks you've asked us to authorize no until you so it, it's it's mm -hmm. tighter than a frog's ass this thing right so anyway it all comes down to this there's no new development going on in manhattan anytime soon and stuff that's in progress will continue because it was set up before the COVID and then before the Fed tightening. Dude, speaking of lying, dude, Hudson Yards, if they tell me Hudson Yards is doing great one more time, I can't take them seriously. They put a, a billions of dollars into that and they opened it right before COVID. They had to close the big sculpture thing because people were killing themselves off of it. They wanted astronomical rents. The restaurants are leaving that place. They're lying. They are straight. They are straight faced lying to me when they tell me Hudson Yards is doing well. I won't have it. Yeah, yeah. I I'm with you. I I uh, uh, it's. I think they got a subway line out there now. I'm not. I'm not sure. But uh, you no, know, no, like no, I'm not taking the subway. <laughs> I'm not going. You riding the subway? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't hear you. Are your daughter? Are you gonna let your daughters on the subway? No, absolutely not. Subway, please. Well, I my daughters are grown women. I I do think in peak times they take the subway. Yeah, peak times. Well, I'm not I'm not sure, uh, but there there are less people taking the subway because I think this gentleman economist I spoke to they run all these analytics and I think he said the subway ridership is back to 70% of what it was pre-COVID. Yeah. So that's 30% of yeah. a big number, right? And I've been into Manhattan twice in the last week. The first time, it took me two hours to get to Manhattan mm -hmm. from, from my house in Greenwich. Mm -hmm. It's 35 miles, took two yeah. hours. Yeah. Saturday night, last night, we went out to dinner in the city, hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Nuts. So- People aren't taking public no. transportation. No. So, no. um, anyway, uh, the point is the Fed tightening is having perverse effects. And I don't know that, you know, we know all of how those effects are going to turn out. How long does that take? That takes one year. You give it a year to go like, and, and when does it turn when they, when they stop hiking and they say, okay, we're done hiking. We're going to, it doesn't until they cut. Nothing, so, nothing loses, right? so it's funny you mentioned this and, and, and it's a little bit like a magician, you know, there's nothing up my sleeve. I didn't prep you uh, to ask me that. 
but um, it's something I think is is the main question out there, which I've discussed with correspondent Leslie Harris, which is we now have a yield curve that's twisting and turning left and right. And to me, I don't want to really talk about the stock market. I don't think that's the salient point. I think what's relevant is the shape of this yield curve. And so close the business Friday, two-year note, um, uh, just so Sherry knows. 4.09. Or uh, 4.10. Let's call it, let's make it round numbers. 4.10, two-year note, okay? I might be looking at a different page than you are. Um, anyway, 410 on the two-year note. And you have the 30-year at a 373. So we still have this inversion. If you go into treasury bills, I think the, um, the three-month bill is a bond equivalent yield of like a 510. So you're looking at 140-ish inversion three month to 30 year. Now that that's way too long of a curve to talk mm -hmm. about in reality. But the question I think is the relevant one is what is going to happen that's going to make this curve become normal. And like with most things, it's not all of one or all of another, meaning you're not going to see the two-year note go from four to two and the 30-year stay unchanged. Or you're not likely to see, you know, the 30-year go from 370 to five, and then you, you, you're going to get some jiggling around depending, right? The two-year note is at four, and the funds rate's ostensibly at five, so it's 100 through the funds rate. So something's got to change, either the funds rate or the two-year note, mm -hmm. right? My guess is it's the funds rate. That's not going to happen right away. But the reason, one of the reasons why I feel pretty comfortable uh, is, um, and this is a, um, what do they call that? a multimedia presentation. Uh, at this point, uh, it would be helpful to go to the IBWAC website where I have uh, cribbed a sheet from Bloomberg. I took a picture of it because as you can see, it's a non-forwardable screen for whatever reason, I don't know. But it's a matrix of the rates today and the forward rates, which are implied by the yield curve. Yep. And, and there's many discussions and debates, which we will not have here, where people will say, well, the market's predicting the rate to be this. This is a mathematical calculation, okay? Whether it happens to be right or not, I don't know. The rates that you see here, you can, actually lock in if you go to an investment bank. Although if we have time, there is a um, important asterisk because there was a story about something an investment bank was doing recently by Matt Tabby, 
where they were screwing investors knowingly. Very disappointed. Um, But let's go, let's go to this sheet. And if you go all the way to the left, at the top of the column, it says tenors. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about opera. We're talking about the length of the swap. Now, this is SOFR, Secured Overnight Funding. It's not a treasury yield, and LIBOR is no longer around. So these are what we would refer to as swap rates. Yep. Okay. And so, for example, the two-year swap rate is 3.9815. Do you, do you see that number? Yep. And just to make sure we're on the same page, the 10-year swap rate is 3.0835. Okay, so that's what we would call spot, meaning today. And as you move to the right, these are the forward rates. And as I said, these are calculated numbers. Now, why do I think it's the Fed funds rate that's going to move more than the two-year note rate? It's because if you look at the two-year rate, and you start to move to the right of the screen, if you look at the two-year rate, two years forward, it's 2.72. I know. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah. So so based on these computations, it looks like the, the in two years, the two-year rate is going to be 270. You can't have a 5% funds rate with a 272 year. I mean, look, you can have anything, but that's not likely, right? So that's why I think the the funds rate has to come down. How often does that chart change? I mean, obviously it changes on a co- constant basis. Constant. Constant. Yeah. Never, yeah. Like, what is the fluctuation? Have you seen a dramatic, have you seen that number? I mean, the 30 at 1.24, 30 at 30. Well, that, you're looking at the red arrow. Yeah. That's red in some cultures is a sign of danger. I know. So maybe we'll, let's come back to that because that, the, all right, then let's do the five. Can we do the five, five, the five year, five year forward is a what? Two ninety. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so been, I, I, to be honest with you, I want to say last time I looked at it, it might've been in the threes. So that's a little bit lower, but I, my memory's not so good, but as, as you can see the forward curves, look like rates should be coming down, which is consistent with an inverted yield curve. And right, so what's that math based on? So what that's the, how are they coming up with that? What's the what's the math? It's they take the four year rate and they subtract the two year rate. And so then you got the the two year rate two years forward. It, it's something like that. That's that's the master's class. You know that's Twenty nine right. ninety five a month. How how looking back? How often is it right? How often does this chart get it right? Can you overlay it and be like, okay, in 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 eighteen uh, they said this, and in twenty it was this, or in ten it was this? And this uh, I have no recollection. Or is it just tarot uh, cards at this point? I, I just think it's a calculation. Okay. Uh, unless you want to act on it. If you want to act on it, if you want to say, look, I want to borrow money. Uh, in five years, four or five years, you can go to a bank and they'll put a price on it. 
Yeah, they'll, okay. They'll look at the forward and they'll look at your credit and they'll look at a spread. And then you can you can actually lock it in. So it's a real rate. Okay. Um how accurate is it? I you know, I don't I don't know. I I suspect from what I've seen, there's times it's dead on. There's times it's not even close. It's just, you know, I, I'm sure there's been research done. I haven't done anything about it. You you do bring up an interesting question. I know um, uh, we have to watch the time because we've got that whole segment on the, the duck fried rice, which I don't want to miss. But um, for those of you who have actually taken the time to look at this page that Liam and I are looking at, you'll see in the lower right-hand corner uh, my attempt to draw a red arrow. Um, and I'm pointing to the number, the 30-year rate, 30 years forward. Okay. And that rate is 1.2478. And so uh, a normal person would say, how can the 30-year rate 30 years from now be 1.24 when today it's 290? How can you think it's 150 basis points lower? And I would say two things to you. One is uh, the, uh, the easy answer is it's a manifestation of how inverted this yield curve is, which common sense tells you the curve can't stay like this. Yep. Okay. But to the more uh, sophisticated people, which means anyone who's an equity specialist, just hang up now because you're not smart enough to follow along on this thing. See you later. I'm, 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 <laughs> go count your gold. <laughs> Dance, you prick, yeah. <laughs> um, the reason the rate is so much lower is because when you get out that far in the curve, it really affects this thing called convexity. So convexity being rate of change, that's worth a great deal. Therefore, the yield should be lower. But um, if people need to know more about that, and trust me, you really don't, um, we can... We can do a session on that, but uh, I just pointed it out. So when someone comes back and says the old man was wrong, yeah, 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 um, yeah. So, so what do you? So what do you think? Like, so that's what the math tells you. What does Morris Sachs in in the meeting on Monday morning? What does he do with the two year and and the inverted curve when the curve is that inverted? Like, what? I, I have. Uh, um, my position's pretty much the same where uh, I have these floating rate nodes which reset with a higher you know so I'm better off as the short rates go higher Yeah. and then I have some long dated muni paper um, it's been a bit fortuitous uh, you know there's there used to be two phone numbers when it, they would ring, and I would see the name, and no matter what I was doing, I would pick up. One was my former accountant. The other is Bob, my muni guy. 
Mm-hmm. So, so whenever Bob calls, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm picking that phone up. Understood. Okay. Yeah. I could be going into surgery and that phone's getting picked up. Okay. Yep. So, um, you'll discover when you get older that you wake up earlier. In my case, I like to wake up early to make sure I'm not dead. Um, so, you know, I'm up like at four o'clock in the morning and I go down and I have a cup of coffee and I come back and I lie down to take a nap. Like it's like eight o'clock and at eight 30, the phone rings and I go, fuck. And I look and it's Bob. I'm like, Oh geez. And, uh, I'm like, hi. He says, I can do that swap for you. And I'm like, hello. Mm -hmm. He says, I can do that. I can do that swap for you. So I have these municipal bonds and when they issue bonds, they don't issue one bond. They'll issue a series because they're trying to raise a bunch of money and they want to have a little something for everybody. Right. But the bond market is dominated mostly by dopes, the, the muni bond market. And you got these poorly paid guys who work for these funds and they get money coming in. They got to buy, they got money going out. They got to sell. They, they're not sitting around. They're not getting paid enough to try and figure out, you know, so these bonds that I have been trafficking in are fairly liquid, liquid with the quotes, Mm -hmm. meaning, yeah, you can move a chunk of them, but at a price, right? So, I bought a block of these things and there's some, and I'm not, I'm not going to mention the years because I've noticed a couple of you smart asses out there have tried to reverse engineer what I've been doing. Yeah. I just asked. So, I'm, so, so anyway, um, I get up from my slumber. I'm trying to figure out how much of this I have. And, um, uh, it's a pretty good level. So I said, I'll do the swap, but I don't know exactly how many I have because I got them spread over a bunch of accounts and I do the trade with Bob and, you know, I kind of rest my eyes for a while longer and um, I go to, I do the sums and I realize I'm like $20,000 short. <laughs> now, now, in the grand scheme of things, that's a rounding error. Sure. But the problem here is where Bob works, the woman who makes the place tick rules with an iron fist. Understood. Okay. Also, I put it a little differently, the, uh, a velvet hammer. Velvet hammer, yeah. And, and when I saw it looked like I was 20 grand short, I'm thinking... I would rather tell my wife I was having an affair than tell this woman I was 20 grand short. Whoa, I love it. I love it. I hit I hit the fucking panic button. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and, and and relax, relax. I I, I, I got it all done. But, um, yeah, she, you know, I don't know how you feel about this. And I'm sure this will be reverse engineered into being um, misogynistic, 
But if it weren't for women, nothing would get done in this. Uh, I mean, lockstep with you, dude. Lockstep. Um, yeah, the woman that we have a woman that runs our office. If she misses a day, it's the guys are the guys are clueless. We cannot proceed. There's no okay. So yeah, yeah. anyone that argues yeah. with that is a clown. Um, and I've said it before that like you, 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 more men make things. You need a woman involved, or else you get three guys involved, and there's nothing but fucking problems. You get the woman involved, and she's like a referee and figures it out. Um, yeah. Yeah, certain things that men are good at, and certain things that are women are good at. Some are good at great at both, but yeah, when. It, I'm afraid of that woman. I don't know her. I like I have her on the phone, but I know that like if I have stupid questions, they're not to be stood for, and things are going to but but things will get done. <laughs> so one of one of my kids, um, they've all kind of set up their IRAs at this place because it's a it's like a local family firm kind of thing, and and I found out one of my kids called her up to buy three shares of Apple. I'm like, oh god. Oh no, please don't. Shares, not three shares. No, no, you can't. No, 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 no. No, I didn't make that up. I'm serious. This is 20, this is 20 years ago? This is when they were 15? <laughs> First of all, is as much as I sound like I'm complaining, I can't tell you how proud I am. Because these kids, there's a saying, there's a saying in Canada, I won't get it right. But when somebody's tight with their money, mm -hmm. they call it, they squeeze the beaver till it shits a nickel. <laughs> Amazing. Of course. That's a great quote. Yeah. Um, anyway, since we're almost out of time, let me just kind of yeah. recap the, the, the notion. Okay. I really feel pretty strongly that uh, um, we're going to get, you know, one last hike here. But the economy is uh, decelerating at an increasing rate. So I don't think the, the market, the stock market, excuse me, the bond market is all that wrong with its forward pricing. Um, for me, uh, I'm trying to stay liquid and the investments I have are liquid. I would like to see a pretty significant sell-off in equities. And at that point, I will go to a traditional, uh, you know, balanced bond stock ratio. I say that now. That's I know I won't. I, like everyone knows I'm full of shit, but I'll, <laughs> end, I'll end up buying something like I did last time. But At least your um, daughters can pull the trigger on Apple. You can't, you, you can't do it. Pop, pops can't do it. <laughs> you don't like that. Uh -uh. Um, I, it's a great time to be liquid, especially when they're paying you 5% on a free. I mean, you know, it's like, why not? I know. So, mm -hmm. Anyway, I, there were, I had a whole list of other things to talk yeah, about. You got 10 minutes. I got nothing to do. Well, okay. Two things. One was, uh, you know, I wanted to do, and, 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 and stick a pen, a pen in this one. I kind of had a whole segment on scams I've seen in Wall Street oh, yeah. since I've been working. And I wanted to kind of work through a few of those just to, because I know people get a kick out of hearing, yeah. you know, what goes on behind the curtain. Uh, the other thing is, so let's, let's talk about that yeah. next week.
Okay. When we talk when we talk about accounting too, yeah. which is something I want to talk about. But you know, there's been a lot of chatter about the demise of the US dollar. Stop. And and you know, I don't think we're behaving all that well with the deficits and right. stuff like that. Yep. But you know, let's be honest. Okay, let's let's be adults for a moment. Who are you gonna give your money to? You gonna give it to the Chinese? Are you gonna give it to the Russians? Please. Are you Who's gonna give it to Saudi Arabia? Stop. So why have know, a conversation? Yeah, well that's my point. So maybe the dollar goes down. Fine. Maybe maybe it goes up. I, I don't know. But you know, I'm not parking my and how about the euro? Please. What the fuck is the euro? You, you Lieutenant Weinberg? I mean <laughs> They don't even know what the fucking thing is. Right. right. Who's in, who's out. You know, every time somebody gets in trouble, they bail them out. Yeah. No, thanks. So, so that's kind of. What about the debt? Uh, worried about that? What if we default on the debt? You worried about that? What the high interest rate does to the debt? Well, zero. Understood. Zero. Yeah. It's, it's kabuki theater. I mean, how about that congresswoman, that old. 90-year-old woman sold her house in Aspen for $25 million. Did you see that? Of course. Diane Feinstein, dude, I'm going to try to be respectful, and I'm going to talk about her like I would about my own mother, okay? But if mom's 88, the only place you belong is in Florida playing bingo, and you're not making a single decision for anyone except for yourself and maybe your husband, okay? Let me ask you a question. So your mother and your father were both lifelong teachers, Yep. right? Okay. So I, and I don't need to know, but I'm guessing in aggregate, they got paid probably the same amount of money as Diane Feinstein. We can check, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why have I never been invited to your mother's $25 million house in Aspen, Colorado? Right, 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 right. You know, it's, it's, it's a, dude, it, I, Dude, that and she had one in, like she upgraded to like a thirty-eight million dollar house in Tahoe or something. No, dude, I, I dude. Believe, look, I believe you. I believe dude, you. She's I, the, and she's costing her. She's costing her party votes. She's made. It's become a problem. But dude, you know what? It distills down to where's her district? San Francisco, dude. I wouldn't walk through San Francisco if you paid me. Okay. You think you can rent an apartment in San Francisco? Look at the comedy of that city having the highest property values you couldn't you know you want to buy a 10 million dollar house in hate ashbury you're going to get mugged on your way home there's like a 60 40 chance that you're going to get mugged in that neighborhood now good job, Diane. That, good job nancy like that's your district okay is that nancy's district too yeah northern cats nancy's district for sure and like diane feinstein's california it's all their problem you know the whole... but dude oh, 80... but that's where the, they're going to give people people five million bucks who had like yeah. nine generation please and i've got a problem with nancy defending diane and calling it ageism and and nancy says if it was one of the men they wouldn't have done bullshit nancy that's that's playing a card that's a bullshit card to play okay she's 88 whether she's a man or a woman i sit here and say it's enough get the fuck out of congress you haven't gone to work in six months and you're and you're detrimental to your party democrat or republican man or woman 88 or 89 or 95 it's you got to stop you got to stop yeah. 
and you, leave it you, to, the, to the idiots, the, the AOCs, and the, you know. I want Nate Fick. Give me Nate Fick and let him give everything to Nate. Let him build a team, and away we go. That's when I want a grown up running the show. Talk okay. about the, the, the decay of our country. You get me going at, at the end of the fucking show. I'm 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 sorry. I I look. I, no, Diane Feinstein. That, that really bothered me. Diane. The Diane Feinstein story really bothers me. He just and I know this will irritate Leslie, but um, he, so back when I used to drive to work to Greenwich Capital, the the whole eight minutes that it would take, yeah. I would listen to books on tape, and uh, one of the books I listened to was uh, I Claudius, and then the follow up Claudius the God. Now. Really, really good. Like, if you can read, well worth your time. But in Claudius the God, he talks about, you know, in a religious ceremony, he sacrifices a lamb, and as he cuts the lamb open, he sees the lamb is riddled with cancer. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, he realizes it's a metaphor for Rome, and the cancer has spread through society. So... When you have people like this, okay, extracting so much money out of the system, they're, they're, it's clearly criminal, okay? And so the, the, the comment that I'm, I'm gonna make is, again, before an economic release, there was a huge move in the market. Yeah. Okay, now I understand that's the way it is. I understand no one cares what old chestnut thinks. But there's a small number of things I know very well. And one of them is the mechanics of the marketplace. And I guarantee you, you give me a couple of federal marshals, a couple of zip tie handcuffs, and I'll have confessions for you in under an hour. Okay, it's it couldn't be simpler to find out where those leaks came from and why we don't do that. It's the I Claudius, the 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 cancer is is all over the place. And, you know, that thing. uh, I can always claim early onset dementia, but you you remember that movie uh, Wall Street where the guy calls the Mm -hmm. Wall Street, whatever. And he's like blue horseshoe like Anacott Steel. That's that's real. No, I I mean it. It, I do. I don't. I I don't mean like. Oh yeah, I know a guy. I know a guy. No, no, I know. It's it's real. And and just in case anyone's thinking of doing anything wrong, I've got the whole thing written out in a lockbox. Liam has the key. And if I die under mysterious circumstances, yeah. he will deliver it to the U.S. federal marshal. Yeah, bottom of <laughs> And on that note. All right, pal. That was Thank fun. You. It's been fun. I'll uh, I'll see you next week. Have fun with that Porsche, all right? Okay. Take care, all right. pal. Bye.